0: to out of the woods
1: that's justin <laughs> wow i'm matthew <laughs>
0: <laughs> had to steal my intro thunder you bastard that's okay i forgive you um yeah and as i may have mentioned this is out of the woods a yellow jackets podcast focusing on as one might have expected from the title showtime's yellow jackets and uh, just a reminder up front this is not Repeat not, a spoiler free podcast. Even though we will be discussing episode three in the main today, uh, anything and everything from the season is fair game. So consider yourself warned. We're here to discuss episode three. But on this fine evening, I'm feeling pretty good. Matthew, how are you feeling?
1: Absolutely fantastic.
0: Yes. My dear <laughs> listeners, I feel like I should let you sort of behind the curtain a little bit. This episode is not the first iteration of itself. We previously attempted to record an episode covering Episode Three that didn't end up recording, and I got to say, I mean, it would be sort of cruel for me to say that episode was really great because you can't hear it, but <laughs> it was—it definitely had its moments. We talked about the movie *Antichrist* by Lars von Trier. Yeah, that was that was great good. Movie. Yeah, we'll have to have to do that one at some point, point. and uh, other things that I've already forgotten, which is probably good. I'll probably end up repeating myself, but. That won't actually matter, because you haven't heard the thing. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on.
0: Moving on. We just watched uh, the short film Rejected Cartoons by Don Hertzfeldt. That was pretty good.
1: That was amazing. It was <laughs> so good.
0: It also related to be like, okay, which Rejected Cartoons character is which yellow jacket's character? <laughs> okay, Laura Lee is definitely the dancing dust bunnies, and Misty is the alien who plucks out the guy's eyes. I don't know, maybe like Jeff is the guy who's like, do you want to see a movie?
1: (laughs) Who's the weird raspberry looking thing with the
0: bleeding anus? I mean, hopefully not, Shauna, but (laughs) both can be traumatic. Wow, if you haven't seen this short film, it will just sound like we are having a stroke.
1: Not really breaking new ground there.
0: No, no, very much not. (laughs) Very much not. Anyway, moving on. Tonight, we are going to be discussing... Episode 3 of Season 1 of Yellow Jackets, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Named after, of course, the great Todd Salon's film of the same name. Uh, you know the movie Happiness that we watched? Yes, with, uh, with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman being like, I'm gonna come out of your ears! <laughs> uh, yeah, have you seen the movie The Dollhouse? I don't think so, no. Welcome to the Dollhouse, rather. It's It's really good. It's about a bullied girl whose life is crap. And yeah, yeah, very reminiscent of Misty in some ways. Anyway. Episode was directed by Ava Sorhog, written by Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson, and Sarah L. Thompson. Matthew, what did you think of it? Good. <laughs> it's <cute. laughs> I, I liked it too. I liked it a lot. Obviously, this is a very Thai-centric episode, and I was down for that as a big Thai fan. I don't think it's quite as good as the first two episodes. I don't think the subplots are as up to snuff as in the first two. It's but not so
1: they get to have a good splash around in the, the body of water, though.
0: Indeed! That was a nice scene. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Right at the outset I have a holder from the previous episode, which is God it sucks that they have no spices or sauces with which to eat the human meat.
1: No, not even fucking salt, man. Yeah,
0: like can't they find like an oregano bush or something?
1: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if oregano comes in a bush, but they should find one regardless.
1: What a cannibal plebeians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Truly bizarre anecdote over. <coughs> also, the other note I have is that it would be funny if we called the previous episode the gay adventures of burnt faced woman. I'm not gay. I am gay, actually.
1: <laughs>
0: are you a crime? Uh, are you a crime and all? <laughs> We've got you the combination of hot and cold. We've going to cool it. Hold. Hold. If you're enjoying this. Anyway, yeah, yeah. We get the theme song for the first time. Good theme song by Craig Wedron and Anna Waronka of That Dog. And we cut to the scene of all of our tighty yellow jackets in the past standing in a circle. And Van is affixing the last of a series of graves for the flight attendants and the pilots, and Rachel, the girl who got impaled through the neck in the plane crash, and for Coach Ben's leg. Yeah, he's
1: still alive. We just really want to honour
0: the memory of his sacrifice. leg. Do you? I don't think that's the norm, you know, giving a grave of somebody's limb.
1: Yeah, I really don't.
0: I, I have to say, if I was one of the actually dead actual people, I might slightly take offence to that. Yeah. Okay, you think that guy's leg is on the same level as me? Okay. Yeah, Anyway, uh, Laura Lee is leading them all in a prayer, in a memorial service for all of the people who have died. And I have to say, I like that she is not just portrayed as a purely hyper-religious fuddy-duddy, that she actually is a source of spiritual strength and comfort to the other girls in times like these. It's a very mature function that she takes here. And she mentions that Rachel, who's a girl who died, they didn't really know her, but in trigonometry another mention of that she never confused her secants and her cosecants and i don't even know what the fuck that is yeah so even if she <laughs> did confuse them she would still be doing better than me
1: yep no idea what that is yeah
0: yeah i uh add it to the enormous moldering pile of things that we don't know
1: you can fill several books what we don't know <laughs>
0: I wish someone would make it more convenient.
1: Yeah, we could read those books and we know the stuff that we don't know.
0: And she mentions that Rachel was going to see Oasis at the Meadowlands. Uh, Uh. Not a fan of Oasis? Not at all. Anyway, Travis does not join hands with the rest of them. Lottie puts a hand on his shoulder awkwardly later on in the series. She'll be putting her hand some other places. And Ty is visibly uncomfortable with this whole display. And it is causing her to have a flashback of her nan, played by B.J. Harrison, who is also in the show Maid, a great actress. And small tiny Ty is adorable, and she asks her grandma, are you going to die? She responds, dying is nothing to be afraid of. And Ty will come to vehemently disagree with that statement. And she's like, oh, we live for a time, and then God calls us back to his kingdom with the angels. And it is superficially a nice scene, but we will later see why it makes Ty uncomfortable and she then says I'm going for a walk and leaves mid-prayer slightly awkwardly so yeah cuts forward to 2021 and Ty has a really nice house yeah isn't it great
1: she's got yeah a very nice house
0: some some very nice digs like I guess some nice mod cons That's a good word I feel like because her family was apparently doing well when she was a teenager and also she became a lawyer they make a lot of money and also she had to money from the crash settlement it wouldn't surprise me if she invested a lot of that in crypto or something yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah she's
1: getting rich off illusory currency
0: illusory that's a good word illusory and so she is sent an email from her campaign manager that is a attack ad from her opponent in the race which is a terribly edited campaign ad, I have to say. Is it like a photo negative? What is this, an AMV in 2009? Well, a bit-
1: even for the realm of, like, attack ads. Yeah, and attack
0: bad. ads in state politics, which nobody really gives a shit about.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the sort of thing you receive in the mail. You're just like, oh, this is going to live in the bin forevermore.
0: <laughs> i am doing a lot of that recently because our election is coming up in Australia, international viewers. Mm. Yeah, don't ask me about it. <laughs> and, yeah, so the ad is insinuating that she... Is a cannibal. And Simone is like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't worry about it. You should trust that your constituents are smarter than that. And what about the last period of American politics would make you think that that was the case? Yeah, Simone. I don't know.
1: Like, have you met people?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or just really politics in general. And Ty is like, I bet if I dug around on his past, I'd find his family owned a slave or two. And then Simone is very nice. Says, What did you say when you started this campaign? That you would make logical arguments for change. Appealing to voters' rage and fear was never part of that plan. So why are you letting him change that? which was just a really nice thing to say. A little naive, though, it must be said. Yeah. And Sammy appears. The dog, Biscuit, is there. Poor Biscuit. And he's like, Biscuit needs to go to the park. And Simone tells Ty to go and take Sammy and Biscuit to the park. But her specific phrasing is, go enjoy your son. (laughs) Which is amazing and also a difficult task, given how fucking creepy he is.
1: Also, for some reason, I can't stop thinking about, like, you know, do do they still say, good dog, here's Biscuit? Or do they (laughs) say... Good Biscuit, his dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That must get confusing. Oh, is, are, are you not also named Biscuit? That's going to be confusing.
1: wonder if we call you Biscuit.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jeff is uh, having a smoothie. Cut to Jeff and Shauna at the kitchen. He's a smoothie guy because, of course, he is. It's probably a fucking Nutribullet. Shauna asks to be picked up somewhere to catch Jeff out because she thinks he's cheating on her. And he makes the excuse that, my boys need me at the store. Which I would love the implied sort of workplace comedy of Jeff hanging out with his subordinates. Yeah.
1: Quote unquote, his boys.
0: Sean is still very suspicious of Jeff. It cuts to Nat and Misty on their insufferable road trip. And Misty is talking about the abortive relationship she has had a hiking guy who apparently asked her for her socks and still never called, (laughs) which is horrifying because it implies that she did, in fact, give him her socks.
1: (laughs) I got what I needed.
0: And Nat transparently finds her interpersonally repulsive this entire time. I've got to say, Juliet Lewis is doing some great, I hate being in close proximity with this person acting, and Misty is texting someone and acting creepy about it, and uh, they're playing music from the musical Cats. <laughs> it's not very good, in my opinion. Uh, I was talking to uh, my esteemed partner, who is a big fan of musical theatre, and they said that Cats is a sort of musical that is universally hated by people who actually do or are into musical theatre. It's just a show that people's grandmas watch. Fair enough. Again, <laughs> grandma's got to have something to no, do. No, that's true. The And I, I've i only seen the movie, and that was utterly horrific. Yes, yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, the, And uh... not
1: least because James Corden's in it.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, stories I could tell about that man. I mean, not from personal experience, thank God, but got yeah. the
1: list of people we shit on in this podcast no, yeah really
0: <laughs> yeah well we've just lost the james corden fan demographic <laughs> i don't know that i actually wanted that demographic anyway misty goes to get them snacks and nat discovers her like part of her car that misty removed surely you wouldn't keep that in the car I don't yeah, know, if right I sab- there
1: just so you could find ex- it. like
0: if, if i sabotage someone's vehicle and they were going to then take a ride in my vehicle i wouldn't Put the thing in my vehicle.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't make the hugest amounts of logical sense.
0: But she's a, you know, she tends to live for the moment.
1: Dance close to the fire.
0: As the generic Nord voice in Morrowind would say, You like to dance close to the fire, don't you? (laughs) Good game. Nat is wearing a Pixies shirt and you said, Where was her mind when she brought that? Lol. Cut back to the 96 <laughs> timeline. They are cutting up their vaguely disgusting airline food, such as Snackwell's cookies, which looks utterly atrocious. And they haven't got much food or water left. Jackie is scratching a wound on her thigh, and Shauna tells her not to. And she's like, If poison ivy's what kills me out here, I deserve to die. <laughs>
1: I mean, all jokes aside, it's a pretty nasty you, like
0: I don't think you can die from poison ivy, but it's not something you want to happen.
1: It's still, like, really inconvenient.
0: I just think it would be funny if you were like, hey, you said you deserve to die. No take backs.
1: <laughs> Death with his great big grim reaper shows
0: up. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm a little early. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, just talk about Oh, don't, don't worry. i do just run over here. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> which one of us were you going to anyway (laughs) travis walks over and snuffs some snack and van is like dude what the hell and nat defends travis lottie is like who died and made him king of snacks great line reading from courtney eaton and Nat responds his dad lottie don't you feel bad now she doesn't particularly and yeah i can imagine the ghost of coach martinez going i'm dead (laughs) i'm still dead (laughs) we'll update you if that changes (laughs) and then uh mari quite snarkily but understandably says i guess it's fine if we all starve to death as long as travis's feelings aren't hurt and jackie is like we're not gonna starve to death okay when the rescue team gets here And Van is like, if it gets here, she has not entirely squashed her beef with Jackie, seemingly from her tone. And most of the others seem very facially sceptical of Jackie's assurances that Rescue is coming. Because it has been several days, you know. And Harvey is very attached to the gum that his dad gave him over in his and Travis's little separate sort of orbital boy nook. (laughs) And he's like, my dad gave it it to me to stop my ears from popping. And Travis is like, well, are they still popping, Harvey? He's very annoyed by him continually chewing the gum. And I know Travis is being kind of a dong in this situation, but listening to somebody chewing gum is really fucking irritating. Yeah. So,
1: I'm like, what is this? An antique? Just get rid of that shit.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut to Misty trying to feed a severely tired, depressed coach. He's basically more or less suicidal at this point. And then she's like, don't worry, I stole this ch- chocolate bar from the stash. And he's like, yeah, well, I never asked you to do that, Missy. And he's like, well, I can't give you any more of these pills on an empty stomach. I we like, all
1: know how much you love pills, you <laughs> angry bastard.
0: The uh, Yeah, her habit of withholding medication from her patients started early. <laughs> and talking of medication, Lottie is almost out of her don't-become-a-deranged cultist pills. And uh, this fairly grim scene is interrupted by Ty, who runs back. She has seen a lake, and as the resident tied defender of this podcast, I would like to point out that she is the only reason that they all didn't fucking die of dehydration. It would be a very short show. Good on her. Yeah. And she says it's... I wouldn't have been of-
1: able to get to the cannibalism if it weren't for her, so really, she single-handedly <laughs> carried the entire cast.
0: <laughs> a way to think about it. So yeah, Jackie and her argue about going on the hike to the lake versus staying near the plane, and Taisa points out, do you think they're taking their time on purpose? And then... Jackie sort of defaults to, like, pulling rank as the captain, which she doesn't really have much of anymore. She's like, this is bullshit. No, I say no. She's sort of acting like the dictator of the group, understandably, because, like, you'd cling on to one of the few things that you still have from the time before, and that is authority, but she's gradually realizing She doesn't actually have that anymore. And Ty, instead of just, you know, immediately wearing up with her quite cleverly, says, let's put it to a vote. This is interesting. If you look at Van's body language in the scene, it initially seemed like she was about to criticise Ty's plan, before Jackie interrupted it to say, this is bullshit. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to say I agree with this plan out of spite.
1: Also, two side notes. Yes, yes. Every situation needs a leader. Absolutely. Always, Almost always a fuckwit. Yeah. Uh, And also, going to the lake to get drinking water, apparently these days that's not a thing, because literally the water the globe round is contaminated with all sorts of pollutants and metals. Yeah, yeah,
0: microplastics. I mean, I I think they they boil it at least before they drink, but I don't know if that would get rid of everything.
1: No, it'd still be full of plastic and chemicals and God knows what.
0: Yeah, but... If the alternative is dying of dehydration, you'll probably take your chances with that. Yeah,
1: apparently they're putting up these filtration plants like everywhere because yeah. otherwise without them we will all die. <laughs> A
0: rather sobering thought for this comedy TV show podcast.
1: Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Death is coming, but on the gold hat. So yeah, said vote occurs and Lottie, Laura Lee and Mari vote with Jackie. Mari is still trying to curry favour with the captain despite the fact that her stock is decreasing and Lottie I think (laughs) at this point is just kind of going with the flow everybody else votes with Ty, you know, Nat Van, Travis Misty, Travis does it in a douchey pointing way, I can't really describe it but I want you to, dearest listener, try to imagine somebody putting up their hand to assent to something in a douchey way Shauna also votes with Ty and Jackie by a facial expression sees this as a betrayal and like shauna as a lifelong spineless people pleaser who tries to stay in good with everyone you are <laughs> fucking up here you could have just not voted that position had already won you could have stayed out and be like oh who knows she just wants to go have a splash around you know survival situation but, th- but they would have been a splash around anyway uh whatever <laughs> so yeah cards cuts to their preparations to leave to the lake after ty looks triumphant turned vaki l- the jackie looks betrayed Vaki. i guess that's the van and jackie ship oh that could be good <laughs> Huh. van removes the compass from the plane with an axe uh good thinking on her part shauna writes sos gone to lake on the plane with lipstick which like i'm pretty sure that would wash off very soon but nah. and she offers jackie some water but she doesn't want she's like your backwash no thanks and it's like you have bigger problems to be dealing with right now they're all in a big convoy to the lake coach is being carried on a stretcher and ty thanks shauna for having her back she's like, i didn't have your back it was just what i thought he's like well it was the right thing she's like we don't know that it essentially says, we're all just making this shit up as we go along. We could be all about to die horribly,
1: which is a which, good thing to remember. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it cuts to a 2021 where Cambodia by Kim Wilde is playing. What is your opinion on this song, my good man?
1: Uh, it's okay. It came out before the change of millennium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quite. Jeff has a furniture sign with him on it looking like a goofus. And this excited me. They have a Mr. Floppy Man.
1: His job is to be floppy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And full of hot air. (laughs) Quite. I love a good Mr. Floppy man. Shauna is tailing him, and then she ducks when they hit a stoplight, hoping Jeff will somehow not recognize his own car. (laughs) Which apparently he did not, so fair assessment of his intellect. Yeah. And yeah, he drove like 500 meters. You could have walked that, Jeff. You're an athletic dude.
1: Yeah, like, why you killed the planet? yes it's already dying it doesn't need the help
0: oh big thing of this episode <laughs> this episode was sponsored by extinction rebellion <laughs> and yeah Not the power Right. uh they go back into the past and we see the convoy pass a gross dead bear and travis responds by saying whoa sick typical teenage douche reaction rather like myself oh well exactly what i would have said at the time
1: we're only human
0: and they say like "What we'll kill the bear and the coach suggests that wolves did so, and that is like, they can kill a fucking bear. And he's like, yeah, wolves can kill anything if the pack's big enough. shadowing. Mm. Cut back to 2021. Ty is calling Jessica Roberts, who, it is revealed, is actually her fixer and is not a journalist at all, but was trying to shake down the remaining yellow jackets to figure out if anybody was going to leak any disturbing info about them getting up to cannibalism and orgies.
1: Which, really, you know, it's not in their best interest.
0: No, no, it is, it's a whole, It's a whole mutually assured destruction thing. They would no. also be fucked, but maybe if... Well, actually, on that point, she says, some of you guys just living off the grid, and one of them is Travis who lives off the grid, but who else, I wonder, might she be talking about? Mm. I wonder who else survived, because it's been confirmed at the end of this season, it is confirmed that at least one other person survived, who we haven't yet seen, and the creators, I believe, have confirmed that one person other than that additionally is out there and i wonder who it is it doesn't surprise you i really fucking hope it's Van, but you know we'll see yes. jessica reveals that phil bathurst who is ty's state senate race opponent's daughter is a Drogo. and that she could leak her embarrassing drago information if she wishes to retaliate and then we cut to sammy who has apparently got some good fighting skills fully punched out another child <laughs> And she runs over and is like,
1: seven, oh, in a props. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if Ty allowed herself to be more honest with herself, she'd be like, yes.
1: And like, while like, well, well, this kid was being a bit of a brat, I feel like, you know, his opinions were kind of on the money. Yeah. Sometimes so, you just got to stick up for yourself.
0: Absolutely. It'd, it'd be funny if she was like, okay, you, you aren't quite at my level yet. You're not breaking people's legs, but you'll get there. Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs>
1: One day you'll be eating dirt and flesh. Just like uh, mommy.
0: I have some thoughts about that whole family that we'll get into later in the episode. Anyway, she runs over to him and she's like, Sammy, did you do this? And he just runs, yes, in a creepy way. <laughs> I like that he's at least honest. And yeah, I love Ty's half-hearted of it. Ty's incredibly half-hearted apology to the other mothers. like, I guess they were playing rough and my son's elbow whacked him in the face. <laughs>
1: He whacked that dude's elbow with his face.
0: (laughs) If anything, he's the victim here. Yeah. Yeah. His poor elbow. (laughs) It is a sensitive area. So yeah, cut back to 96. Van and Ty are up front leading the charge. Some great, creepy, unsettling music is playing. Ty stops and sees something in the woods. We don't yet see what she sees, but it's definitely there. And Van will over to her and asks if she is okay. But to it, it's actually a really cute little Vaisa moment. Which is their portmanteau ship name. Ah, <laughs> So, Vaisa. And actually uh, really nice. She's like, no, I do not see anything. It's fine. So she does not seem to be sharing that part of her life with her girlfriend, or indeed with anyone. And... Niblima. Yeah, I have to say, it'd be a difficult one to explain. <laughs> Cut back to uh, 2021. And adult Ty is talking with Simone about the incident at the playground. She's like, luckily, he just thought the boy was saying I was a cannonball.
1: Yeah, <laughs> always <laughs> makes me think of Supertramp.
0: <laughs> I could totally picture Ty listening to Supertramp. Huh. Or or like what Robin.
1: That it came out before the change of the millennium. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right? Or maybe like Robin Trower, even.
1: Yeah, another great band that came out of the
0: morning. Pi, I think, definitely gets down with classic rock. She probably has, I think, the taste in music, even as a teenager, of like a 55-year-old British white man. <laughs> and probably Van constantly makes fun of her for this, because she probably likes to listen to Montel Jordan.
1: Yeah, and like, I can appreciate your musical taste, but why do you never play Van Halen? Ah!
0: No, she... Oh. <laughs> oh, man. You know she loves that band. Also, I think it's, while we're sort of discussing that relationship, I think it's, the this shirt becomes a plot point, but I just find it funny that Van is the one wearing the co naked soccer t-shirt when she is gay and presumably prefer single sex naked soccer. And I like I like the idea of her wearing that as just like a private joke for her and Ty, like eh, this is funny. <laughs> They don't get why it's funny, but I do.
1: It's like how I bought you that Walking Dead shirt, even though you don't yes. like the Walking and Dead. And
0: one time, it had a version of the American flag on it that was bleeding, and one time, Tom walked up my stairs and saw that I was wearing it and immediately turned around. <laughs> anyway, okay. Moving on from that. <laughs> yeah, Ty is like, this could be our new normal if I don't hit back. Pun. And Simone was like, oh, son, just assaulted another child, and you're talking strategy? Which, like... I mean, they're kind of one in the same, but I get what you're saying, Simone. And this is, this is a scene where, like, Ty goes to sort of talk to Sammy about what he did and chastise him. And then he just says, be quiet. It's like, oh my god, if I did that as a child, I would get a bollocking. Yeah. I would get an absolute bollocking. Then she takes the doll and tells him to go to his room. Sammy is still terrifying. It's a creepy scene of tension that kind of fizzles out. Yeah, because it's building up to later more disturbing things. And back in ninety six timeline, Nat is complaining, saying this shit is way longer than four miles. <laughs> and then she says, from the angle of the sun, it looked due north. And then Jackie's like, "North? That's a precise way of doing it." And she's like, "I'm not a fucking cartographer." <laughs> it's clear that the group at their breaking point. But then Van, who is up the front, the uh, vanguard, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I just realised the the name of the group that I belong to of stands of that character should refer to ourselves as the vanguard
1: seems like a real missed opportunity
0: indeed and she goes oh hell yeah bitches in a really adorable way and runs toward a lake and yeah the song dreams by the cranberries plays it's a good song uh thoughts on the cranberries they're okay yeah i, I like the song i prefer the chinese language version in chungking express which is a movie set in hong kong about various delightfully deranged people sounds good yeah yeah i think we should watch that actually you'd like it anyway the first okay the first time i watched the season i was convinced that the water was like gonna be bad in some way like it was poisonous or it was gonna be full of barbed wire
1: or uranium
0: mines lake sharks
1: yeah lake sharks first. And then i, was when I raised sharks. When
0: I raised this point last time, sorry, listener, to keep calling back to something you weren't there for. But when I raised it last time, you were like, "I don't think there is such a thing as like sharks, Justin." I was like, "No, are there? Aren't there?" But no, not really. Not freshwater lake sharks, certainly. But wouldn't that be funny if you got taken by a lake shark? You are like, oh, I thought you didn't exist. <laughs> it was like, that's what they always say. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Yep.
1: All those people who got eaten by the Loch Ness Monster said the same thing.
0: <laughs> Which reminds me of
1: <laughs>
0: the comedian Stuart Lee, who's summit at Loch Ness Monster, was like, no, I'm no expert in history, biology, geology, or paleontology. But... What if a dinosaur got in a lake? Like Ness <laughs> Monster would be another thing that could potentially harm them. But nothing does harm them. It's just a nice cute scene. All of the girls strip off into their undos and run out into the lake. There's a really funny and cute shot of Ty ignoring shirtless Travis to stare at Van. But Travis is not falling on deaf eyes otherwise. Because Jackie and Nat and Mari are hanging out in the lake. And Mari asks the question Is Travis actually hot? Which. (laughs) I I think he's a perfectly fine looking guy. I know, but it's still a cringy thing to say. It is a (laughs) cringy thing to say, yes. It's like. And then Jackie says, It's been like two days. You guys can't be that desperate. And Nat is making eye contact with him. It's actually kind of nice. And it's funny when you know what's going to happen later in the season. You're like, yeah, give it a few weeks, Jackie. You'll be begging for that middle part in and up and around your business.
1: I thought you weren't going to do that part this time.
0: I did. <laughs> There's a really cute, traveling moment of him splashing her and her affectionately going, Asshole. <laughs> the nice on lap of the music to driving of Misty and Nat in 2021 to Travis's house. Which, like, is a rural, basic cabin, and it's supposed to, I think, the implication is it's supposed to look like shit, but I think it looks like a nice place to live. Yeah, I'd live there. Yeah, nice place to get away from it all. And then they're going to the door, and Misty talks about how they should be prepared for the worst, because they haven't seen Travis in 25 years. You haven't, Misty? Which in turn reminds me of the Onion article. Area man didn't realize he only member of college friend group drifting apart. (laughs) (laughs) That person is Misty. I would hang out with you, Misty. Anyway, she desperately wants to come back because the door is locked and go into town and get wings because she just wants to artificially inflate her hanging out with another human being for as long as conceivably possible. Like in the episode of Breaking Bad where he's in the cabin in the middle of nowhere and he pays an exorbitant fee to so that fixer guy to play cards with him.
1: I was still on wings, man. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go. <laughs> Here's Paul McCartney. I've just got to find the wings.
0: Oh, that's another joke we made last time. <laughs> oh, did we? I, I liked I'm Paul recycling McCartney. my
1: material they didn't get to hear.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I hadn't said that, they wouldn't have known. So, yeah. <laughs> I really, I'm the person to blame here. Nat straight up breaks into the house, smashes the glass. Classic Nat. Misty says it's never a good sign when a suspect lives like a hermit because he owns few possessions. Glass houses, Misty. Mm. The inside of the house is fairly sort of sparse and Spartan and masculine minimalist uh, minimalist is the word and misty says the lesser suspect owns the more creepy he turns out to be fucking fuck that hyper capitalist propaganda
1: yeah i know like if you don't need all the stuff
0: you do not you do not God. really nice scene of nat holding up travis's vaguely gross jacket and remembering him and looking over to see a recent-ish pic of the two of them so apparently they were in contact and in a relationship fairly recently and older travis very handsome dude I have to say, he's a solid slice of hunko. (laughs) Uh, Cut back into the past, where Coach is still having a pretty miserable time of it. He is on the beach, and Misty has a squirto bottle of water and is saying, Here, take your shirt off. I'll squirt you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he doesn't seem to be into that idea, so she just squirts him on the head. There's a cute Ty and Akila moment, where um, Akila is braiding Ty's hair, and Ty has a necklace of her name. Which I love and reminds me of the movie Dark Horse, also by uh, Todd Salons from Welcome to the Dollhouse and uh, Happiness, which is a great movie about a severely strange, loserish man. And what's the chops is in it? Who's the not Neff Campbell, the other chick from the 90s who was like, if you can't get Neff Campbell, you get her?
1: Dude, I don't even know who Neff Campbell is. <laughs>
0: I forget who I'm talking to. You know a lot of things, but names of actors isn't one of them.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of names. No, of no totally,
0: just of movies that you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and actors that are good. <laughs> Sorry,
0: this is this is saved by the bell all over again. Selma Blair.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah.
0: Selma Blair. And Akila says to Ty, "If that girl poured water on my hair, Coach wouldn't be the only one missing a limb." <laughs> Which is awesome. Fucking love Akila. Oh, my favorite minor characters. Ty looks over at Van playing. You know the game where you stand on someone's shoulders in the water, and another person does that, and you try to smush each other over?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've seen this episode three times.
0: <laughs> well, they're doing that.
1: It's a weird game, isn't it?
0: It is a weird game. And Ty is looking at Van, and Van looks over back at her, and it's really cute. And then is like, well, you've got the JV team fooled. She's, like, oh. she's like, well, you're not that much of a bitch. <laughs> Which is like, what do you think about it? from the jv uh junior varsity team's perspective the only thing they know about ty is like yeah she fucking crippled one of the team members so one of us has to sub in for them (laughs) so it's understandable that they think that i suppose but also like consider it from akila's perspective she was the person who was moved up to replace ali so really ty is responsible for every for her being there in that situation so a less emotionally mature person might resent her for that but she's you know a pretty chill chick Anyway, Jackie is transparently friend cheating on Shauna with Mari, who still wants to ingratiate herself to Jackie. And she specifically looks over to Shauna looking at them and sees that she's watching and then, like, ha 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 ha, laughs meanly with Mari. Yeah, classic, leakish teenage behavior mm. that apparently is still very much happening even when they're in a life or death situation, which, hey, I think is very realistic.
1: I mean, I think that happens even with adults. Yeah, that's see, that's right the,
0: as the band Bowling for Soup, who you wouldn't like because they still made shit after 2000, would say, the whole, you know, high school never ends because the world and the people in it are exactly as stupid and immature and shitty as they were in high school.
1: Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. You're just older and more passive-aggressive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as Tillamaran would say. When you're a man, you're born with one finger up your nose and the other on your dick, and you get taller.
1: Yep. That's it. In 2021,
0: Misty is waving around the receipt for a $200 bottle of whiskey. Damn, that'd be good.
1: Yeah, that'd
0: be a good drop, eh? And she's like, how did he afford this when he's barely making minimum wage? He didn't. It was a gift from Jessica because she went to meet him and questioned him, but he didn't tell her shit, but he still took her bottle of whiskey, which, good man. Yeah. And then Alcoholics still got a drink. <laughs> Do they ever? <laughs> I mean, that that's sort of their whole thing. Yeah. Eagle-eared listeners might notice the weird inflection I put on the word there in that sentence. <laughs> a cop comes and arrests the both of them and forces them to put their hands on their head and he arrests them which I have to say is understandable, they'd break into a guy's house. And then it cuts to, also in 2021, Shauna trying to access Jeff's hotel room. And I love the creepily, cheerfully unhelpful receptionist. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to give out your details without it! Next message! <laughs> it's like that exact kind of person who is being obstructionist in a terrifyingly smiley way.
1: Yeah, she's been trained in how to talk condescendingly.
0: Exactly. And anyway, uh, Shauna is like, look, I didn't mean to bring this into it, but I'm with Homeland Security and starts telling this absolutely outrageous lie of her tracking a potential terrorist bomber. And it's
1: quite an obvious lie.
0: It's extraordinarily obvious. It's
1: it's about as transparent as... Who's that guy? Timmy Glasscock? Uh,
0: (laughs) Jimmy Glasscock.
1: Jimmy Glasscock.
0: You could always Always see him coming!
1: coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listener, I hope you enjoy us saying a bunch of stupid shit that has nothing to do with the show. (laughs) I feel like somebody who didn't enjoy that wouldn't still be listening at this point.
1: No. I mean, the thought that anyone still is listening.
0: I know, yeah. Frank. I mean, thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah. But also, why? (laughs) Hey. What's wrong with you? No, hey, you know, we shouldn't take up that tone. Anyway, Adam appears and very conveniently i have to say he just keeps turning up Mm, some people might be suspicious about that and he runs with the bit he's like uh dc's on the line i was wondering if the creepfully unhelpful receptionist lady went home there's like you don't think they really no no (laughs) maybe (laughs) wouldn't it be fucked if they're like was a terrorist bombing in a hotel that was just completely unconnected and she had spent the rest of her life thinking that she like could have stopped it and didn't
1: <laughs>
0: ah, a dark thought anyway when shauna asks what the fuck he is doing here a thoroughly reasonable question he just says i'm just here because they make a great martini all martinis are the same yeah is it is it a special kind of olive grown in a grove in Tuscany? Like, I mean, like to be fair, like I think you
1: can have them based on gin or vodka. What? And even then, no, like, yeah, exactly. Know, Every gin single gin place... is literally just vodka with some shit in it. You know, <laughs> like...
0: gin is just vodka with some shit in it. Maybe like, don't put that in the new gin ad campaign. I love that you're having an ad for just not a brand of alcohol, just a type of alcohol. <laughs> Just like, uh, Vodka, you're 47, divorced and angry. <laughs> anyway, um, as much as Adam as a character doesn't exactly grab me by my cojones, I will admit that he does have chemistry with Shauna. Anyway, it cuts to Misty and Nat in jail. Misty is being adorable about it, refers to it as the old slammer, and says, He thinks we're hookers. It and reminds then...
1: me of that bit where this guy's like, Oh, we thought we saw a bunch of hookers, but then we got closer and we realized it was just Motley Crook. <laughs>
0: Man, you know Nat loves to listen to Motley Crue. <laughs> in fact, in the 90s, she's kind of doing like an 80s Motley Crue loving girl aesthetic throwback, in a way. Travis really doesn't like Motley Crue. He's like, those guys look like pussies. <laughs> uh, Nat doesn't really go with her on this and is just like, you stole my battery cable. So <laughs> she doesn't say it like that. And then Misty replies, I wanted to come with you and I didn't think you'd left me. <laughs> was i wrong he's like yeah that's a self-fulfilling prophecy it's exactly the same sort of energy as when jeffrey Dahmer was asked why did you murder and cannibalize your lover and he responded he wanted to leave and i didn't want him to leave <laughs> so
1: so i let him live forever in my body <laughs>
0: that's disgusting the guy calls nat to get her one phone call and her last name is scotorcio nat is italian apparently big win for us mm-hmm. and it cuts to ty who is browsing the tweaker daughter of her opponent's insta page yeah yeah and she receives a call from nat from prison and she nat makes some sort of joke i was like i guess you can be glib when it's not your money wasted she's like i never asked you to pay for my rehab and i'm not high if that matters and she mentions that they went to see travis and she said meaning you broke in and then ty says that nat he doesn't want to be found he disappeared on you for a reason which ouch but apparently accurate he's like i don't want to pull you out of that toxic shit again so yeah nat and travis have just been having a horrible tumultuous on again off again charles Bukowski esque drogo relationship which i for one am very excited to see when the show gets to that point and then that says it's so easy for you to judge others with your perfect life it's like yeah it's because i spent my plane settlement money on a house and not speed
1: Yeah, can buy a lot of things when you don't have a meth habit.
0: God, can you ever. Yeah. (laughs) I could almost picture Ty saying to her, you know, we all have the same 24 hours. (laughs) Which is kind of a bullshit saying,
1: Ty, everybody wish for more hours in the day or is that just people who have a lot to do?
0: Yeah, I don't wish for more hours. Maybe. (laughs) I could probably fit in more movies.
1: Probably wouldn't go astray.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Ty understandably doesn't want to bail Nat out. And she's like, sorry, not this time. Which, like, Obviously, we sympathise with Nat a lot, so it's tempting to view this just like, "Oh, Tye's such a bitch." But like, I have to pipe up and defend her again. Put yourself in her shoes. Imagine that you had paid for your friend's rehab, and then the second they got out, they broke into somebody's house and got arrested. You know, yeah, wouldn't you at
1: that? Yeah, wouldn't it's you? At... Like... Yeah, you're at, on that... Your own. at
0: that point. You kind of conclude you can sort your own fucking shit out for a bit. Yeah. So yeah, I understand. I'm not
1: gonna bail you out every single time.
0: Yeah, literally in this case. Yeah. Anyway. Going back to the past, there's a really cute tie moment where she's staring at a van playing the aforementioned Shoulders e-game.
1: What well, is that called? For some reason I can't stop I don't maybe, think like, it power has... Power of power or something, but it's almost I think certainly it's not
0: Much that. like James Acaster's thing of the picture with a face in it is one of those things that is a recognized sociocultural phenomenon that doesn't have a name. Okay, they're the opposite of masks.
1: So, what do people say when they're just like, "Oh, yeah, let's just play oh, the game where people sit on people's
0: shoulders?" Hold and on, maybe this is just, just me being maybe it's just me being stupid. You heard it here first, listeners. The name for that is the name of any animal. <laughs> Get in the pool and let's play some mitochondria.
1: Let's go play some t- t- hyena t- on the t- sand. <laughs> really kind of hope that was going somewhere better but oh well
0: that reminds me of a quote from the members of the duo teen and sarah where they were in an argument Mm. and one of them was like leave the barking for the ocean okay like what the fuck does that mean it was like it means you're one of those things that barks near the ocean dog seal seal is where i would have gone with that that too but i hey I, i i'm not a million-record-selling, Grammy-nominated, Juno-winning musical artist, so what the fuck do I know? Anyway, this cute bonding is interrupted by Lottie, seeing a curious glint in the distance, and uh, they all go to check it out and discover it to be a fairly dilapidated cabin, that they all go inside and see if anybody is in there. There is not anybody, but understandably they're fairly excited. Lottie stares at it warily, refusing to enter, And Jackie is immediately criticizing the cabin, which is like, okay, it's not perfect, but like, this is an unambiguous good thing. You now have shelter and supplies. Yeah. And tools. Mm -hmm. Ty immediately defaults to giving orders, which is like her favorite thing to do. Tells people to look around for anything they can use. Shauna walks over to some mounted antlers on the mantelpiece. How very interesting. And Jackie opens a can of something and Ty is like, what the hell, Jackie? That's not your personal buffet, which fair. And then green goop falls out of it
1: it wasn't green when it went into the can.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be a cruel irony if it's like, no, that's how it's meant to look. <laughs> uh, very nutritious and perfectly healthy, but utterly repulsive-looking green goop food.
1: Like how those uh, Swedish people or whatever eat rotting fish in a tin. Oh, look, Sure.
0: <laughs> so I believe that's more Norwegian, but the hell do I know? That's
1: why I said, oh, whatever. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> You've got to fill in some of the blanks yourself.
0: Raising. Anyway, in response to this event jackie says this is why we should have stayed in the plane which i don't want to just pile on jackie like so many other people watch the show do but that's such a dumb statement you didn't have food or water or shelter or tools back then now you have three of the four things and the means to get food if you stayed at the plane you would just all be dying of dehydration right now you know
1: yeah she's just looking for things to complain about
0: exactly you are looking for things to complain about everybody does that that's normal
1: what are those
0: wasps (laughs) wow, it would have been really funny if just then I'd said yellow jackets wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. we'll do it again no, no, I'll just say yeah, we'll edit this to be good (laughs) Yeah, yellow (laughs) jackets
1: you can make that work, right?
0: (laughs) so who needs to write that fucking crossover?
1: (laughs) can you just imagine like they keep it all exactly the same if they just put in Dylan Miranda shit on them all the time
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's the ghost of cabin guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> finally now to time in this dilapidated cabin no irritating bastard to try and buy books off me oh no oh <laughs> uh, great show <laughs> so yeah uh, Jackie is dumb because they didn't have food the one thing they have everything they need except food and they also didn't have that back at the plains of a dumb statement but hey she's having a hard time can't be too harsh on her and she runs outside crying Mari despite her earlier sycophancy does not go to comfort Jackie Maybe because she realises the things I just said, and she looks through the windows and sees Jackie crying, but does not as yet try to help her. She's clearly, even at this early point, more worn down and negatively affected by the happenings in the woods than the others.
1: You think they're all just like, oh, I can't wait until this bitch dies in the frost. I think
0: that at least a couple of people at this point are thinking that. <laughs> and I think that one of them is probably Van, who brings out some porn, some porn mags that she has found... <laughs> I, I
1: love this because she's a free spirit
0: yeah she, she, she's like we might be we might be starving in the middle of nowhere but hey at least there's porn yeah <laughs> which is an That'll absolutely get us fucking surf. amazing line read from lefusen and also <laughs> I, lo- I just love to think it's like uh, guys i found all these pictures of naked women that i'm gonna bring out here just as a funny joke for absolutely no other reason i definitely don't have any kind of ulterior motive Nope. Do you think that at some point in the night, she and Travis just pass each other on their way to the outdoor porno shack, <laughs> and just exchange a silent nod, like,
1: yeah, yeah? Is this porno shack in the middle of the woods, like near where they are? <laughs> well, it's, I will. It seems like a bit of a strange place to put a porno <laughs> shop. <laughs> well, I mean, there's uh, one quite near to your house, but you know, you it's, live it's in a the place valley. Where it makes there's sense. there's a
0: million... Oh, don't dox me in front of everyone. But yeah, I live in a suburb where there's a million fucking sex shops well i'll tell you this about the porn shark matthew it's a little old place where we can get together <laughs> even by our stage, This is a tangenty fucking episode anyway <laughs> travis is a trode about it
1: i wonder if there's a guinness book of World records medal for the most tangents in a podcast <laughs> well
0: let us know anybody who's still listening at this point. <laughs> Mari's like it's of the dude with his dick out in the like, Hey, this guy kind of looks like him. Travis is like, "Oh, if only any of you actually looked like her." Ouch. <laughs> and then I yeah, I hate to admit this. That sting. Yeah, I know. I hate to I hate to say this, but unfortunately when so ask him, do you guys actually jack off to this stuff? He's like, no, we hate that shit. You can't even tell what her favorite book is. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, that's extremely funny.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a good joke. <laughs>
0: it's really funny and cute. Van and Akila are talking and she just points to it and goes like, what is that? And she's like, I don't know, dude.
1: Some anyway. sort of alien spacecraft? They're very tiny aliens.
0: Uh, that sounds like something out of Rejected Cartoons. Anyway, Travis takes some porno mags, goes back over to Harvey, and uh, Harvey wants to see the porno mags, but Travis won't let him. It's like, dude, Harvey just watched his dad die. Let him see some baps. Who's it gonna hurt? Irritated to find Harvey still gumming along, Travis grabs him in a headlock and forces him to spit it out and attempts to convince him that dad was a dick, Harvey. Right? He's the whole reason we're in this hell, and now he's dead. Don't you understand? dad is fucking dead, and then throws the gum away yeah and arc to the sky if the gum was sending it it might have said looks like team rockets blasting off again wow well... yeah sorry nat sees this and disapproves but seemingly doesn't like do anything cut back to 2021 and misty asks nat who she called and she was like someone i thought i was a friend but i guess i was wrong it's slightly melodramatic
1: I could have sworn you were about to say, but put a pin in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's that bingo square crossed off. <laughs> anyway, Misty goes out to call someone, and Nat rather bluntly asks, "Who do you have to call?" <laughs> you <laughs> I mean,
1: don't have friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me. You know your loneliness and insecurity that has animated you every waking moment of your life. Let me just kind of rub Let's your head in that, that a bit. Back
1: in your face. Yeah,
0: let me just kind of like smush you around in that. Yeah. She's like, "Who do you have to call?" your bird, and Misty Loft is like, oh, Caligula hasn't learned how to use the phone yet.
1: Which implies that she is planning to teach it.
0: They said, I could never teach a parrot to call. (laughs)
1: No, parrot. No, you're referencing the ASDF movies again, aren't you?
0: I'm never not referencing the ASTF movie.
1: I mean, you you've spent a solid chunk of time not referencing the ASDF.
0: <laughs> I mean, in my mind, I'm always referencing it.
1: I've known you for 17 years or something. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a while, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, you have actually, because you came to because because you came to school in 2005. Yeah, no point blipping that bit out. Fuck me. I think I gotta lie down for a bit. That's, that's. It's a good thing you were already seated, otherwise, you might have just
1: sconed yourself.
0: Yeah. Good word. Anyway, anyway, let's not have this episode go through. From... I
1: sworn you're about to say sconed.
0: Well, I said that in my mind. <laughs> anyway, cuts to Sean and Adam in said hotel bar. Adam is talking about some dumb bank safe art project he made. I don't really give a shit about it. And he says, I go where the road takes me. I don't ask why or where, I just let go. It's like, oh, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you! Wanking hand gesture. <laughs> and they quote Vonnegut at each other, specifically Slaughterhouse-Five, which is a great book, I recommend it. And Adam now knows Shauna's favorite book, so according to Travis, he can jerk off to her. Okay. <laughs> and then he says to her, you're beautiful when you're honest, which in this show is a backhanded compliment, I've ever fucking heard one. <laughs> And Shauna seems to be weighing things up. And then she looks over and sees Jeff with a scary blonde lady and comes to the not entirely unreasonable conclusion that he is schlepping said woman. Mm -hmm. And she asks, again, why are you here, Adam? Very good question. One that people should be asking more often. Yeah, I agree. And he's like, I was just getting a drink, but I'm starting to think that maybe something out there has other ideas. Hmm. How interesting. And I got to say, this dude is basically your, your manic pixie dream boy he leads a spontaneous life. He goes where the road takes him, as he says. And that you can see how that appeals to Shauna, whose life is so constrained and restricted and humdrum. Rudimentary. Rudimentary is a good word. It's like he was designed in a lab to appeal to her. Cut to Misty and Nat. Misty called Kevin. And he just got them out of jail. Like, you can do that? I mean, I think I said this last time. Bail. Yeah, no, he just <laughs> paid. The- makes a lot of sense. I-, I thought he just rang. I was like, hey, I'm a, it's a yeah, yeah, car.
1: Man, uh, just kept my know. friends out of jail, or,
0: but more precisely, my friend and Misty.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Misty. The specificity never goes. It way. is revealed that Misty has been texting Kevin as Nat, impersonating Nat. Jesus Christ, boundaries! Like, imagine if I started messaging some chick on a da- on a dating app or whatever, pretending to be you, and I was like, "Oh, you have a date with this person now." I've told them that you're a genius alchemist. Yeah, that would, that would be weird. Basically like in an episode of, to bring it back, Black Books, where Fran tells that lady that Bernard is a reclusive genius. He's like, she's going to be very disappointed when she finds out that I'm just a reclusive wanker. <laughs> Nat asks uh, some quite reasonable follow-up questions. He's like, oh, I've been being you, so I've been being dark and deadpan. I would love to hear Mystic's attempts yeah, at being I'm, dark and dead I'm so
1: upset that they didn't yeah. include a short clip of her on the phone. Oh, time. that would have been so good.
0: Oh, I, mean, I think it was just through text, but I love the idea of her hallucinating her voice. <laughs> I'm played by Juliette Lewis. I've smoked a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> Sadness. <laughs> Cut to 96. The flies are circling poor old Coach Ben. The girls are bringing supplies from the plane, whereas Jackie is just sitting around being sad. Not the first example of her not really pitching in, and it shall not be the last. Shauna goes over and brings Jackie some spare blancos, and clearly tries to cheer, you know, make her feel better, saying, I'm sorry that I didn't vote with you. I was just following my gut so that we wouldn't die of thirst. I don't know about you, but I'm really fucking scared. They should have come for us by now, right? And she's like, I just need my best friend right now. And Jackie, you know, forgives her, they hug, it's actually a genuinely cute scene. And Jackie, this is like Shauna letting Jackie comfort her in order to comfort herself, you know, Mm. because obviously Shauna is doing better than Jackie, they all are, but Jackie is a very sort of externally focused person, you know, she's a very, if you were inclined to be positive, you could say that she wants to sort things out for and help others, if you're inclined to be negative, you could say that she wants to control them, and the truth is probably somewhere in between.
1: But she was trying to reassure herself equally as much as
0: the other person. Indeed, indeed. But it's probably true of a lot of people. And she says, the worst is behind us, okay? All whistle past the graveyard, why don't you? Anyway, Ben's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day gets even worse because he falls on his stump, which, ugh, that'd hurt.
1: Ah, yeah, and the ensuing length of expletive.
0: Oh, so many expletives. He just goes, fuck
1: you! Fuck you! And of course, they're all a bit like on edge at this point.
0: Indeed, indeed. And Misty runs over to help him and he smacks her in the mouth. And then her photo version kind of suggests, like, okay, I can yeah, use that.
1: i kind of into that.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just, just. Call me Cheryl Tunt from Archer. Man, that is. At some point, we got to do which Yellow Jackets character is which Archer character.
1: <laughs> That'd be a good one.
0: Yeah. Doctor's sobbing. He's like, I can't just
1: be like this now why couldn't i have just died
0: (laughs) which is also what i was saying when i watched cats 2019
1: yeah no i feel that
0: i should okay i want to specify because i was listening to an interview with uh hewson who plays van where they were saying that they love the musical cats the original version and think that it's actually great so like you know i've never seen the original musical it could be great i've just seen the 2019 version that even they concede is not very good so you know, I don't want to just shit on cats. You know, you don't want to shit on them. A... Well, that sounds disturbing out of context. <laughs> <It> sure does. <laughs> you don't want to judge a man until you walk a mile in his paws. And then in response it's, to.
1: It's funny because paws like P A U S E. It is? No, like, I mean, you could interpret that into. Like,
0: no, but, but like. Or how... like the feet. Oh, that... Yeah, but how is the other thing funny?
1: Because, like, you know, you can't walk when you're paused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was the journey or the destination to that that I found funnier. <laughs> anyway, Misty's response to this question from him is Because we needed you, and I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Ben. An absolutely fucking terrifying line read from Samantha Henrati, or Sam Han, as I shall be referring to her as. And this. Scene of somebody comforting an ill person triggers yet another Ty flashback to her grandma. Her grandma sees something. Something. In the corner of the room. And Ty, initially excited, asks, is the angel here? But no, the angel is not here. And she says, he's there. The man with no eyes. The old lady's freaking out. She says, don't let him take my eyes! And then Ty looks over the mirror and sees a fucked up guy with no eyes, who looks kind of like Michael Jackson yeah yeah, yeah.
1: or oh, that like, guy from possibly in michigan or
0: like oh man dearest listeners whom i presume must still some one person must be listening at this point you one person go and watch possibly in michigan the short film it is amazing and will appeal to any yellow jackets fan and yeah terrifying scene very much makes sense and this is the thing i want to do this It's the whole thing of like is it so supernatural or is it mundane you could interpret that as she also saw the spectral vision of the evil ghost or you could interpret it as more like she heard her grandmother having an unpleasant delusion as many people do when they reach the end of their lives and formulated the visual of the guy around that
1: that's a good theory actually
0: yeah but what i'm saying is like you can interpret it either way some people are very much believing that the show is supernatural some people believe that it isn't i'm sort of i don't really care one way or the other all i really care about is as long as the characters have agency and the horrible shit they did was from their own free will and not because they were possessed by an evil tree spirit then i'm fine
1: and like the way they get there like explain that is mm. good like as long as that's good it's all good
0: exactly 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 it's all about the execution mm. anyway ty is talking to sammy in his room and she's like i know you're not asleep you're gonna stay mad at me forever and i think he might be about to and then they talk about him whacking that child and she says when people do bad things they should get punished don't you think a very interesting thing for ty or any of the survivors to think because they have not as yet been punished for all the horrible shit they did oh yeah
1: except for that lady who uh I called that lady a cunt head and that exploded <laughs> Oh, that is so funny.
0: <laughs> oh my... Oh my crump. Uh, Sammy rather brutally asks, why don't people like you? Which Ty responds, I'm different from what people expect and it scares them. But Sammy tells her that she doesn't scare him because she's not the bad.
1: <laughs>
0: Was that funny?
1: Just uh, the series of pauses.
0: Cool. Because she's not the bad one. And then Ty asks, Is someone else the bad one? And, and he responds, Good night, mom. And I gotta say, I don't feel sorry for Sammy. He's a young lad who's dealing with a lot. And this interaction emboldens Ty to hit back, because she can sort of spin this now as, I'm doing this for my family, but whether she actually is or she's just doing it for her lust for power and authority is ambiguous. I have to say, probably a bit of both. She rings Phil. Up I
1: think th- there was a good quote at the end of that movie I watched recently. Yes. Not going to go into details as to which one that is. No. But it said something about, um, I'm going to bastardize this quote, but mm-hmm. something about the devil making pride masquerade as humility or something.
0: Fuck, that's deep, dude. That's good. Hmm. It's so easy to tell yourself you're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, I know, and make yourself believe that you can sway everyone to thinking that you're doing something for the greater good when really you've just got your own interests at heart.
0: Indeed he do. Anyway, Ty rings Phil, rings her opponent, and brings up the ad, and brings up her knowledge of his daughter's tweaking out, and she says, You're a parent. So am I. Insinuating that I'm dangerous. Guess what? You're right. I won't think twice about destroying you, your family, your entire existence. Another move like that in your daughter's photo is about the fold of every newspaper in the tri-state area. Don't fuck with me, Phil. Mm-hmm. Which is a badass and an amazing performance from Tawny Cypress who continues to be fucking spectacular. But I gotta have one asterisk here. Would said newspapers really give a shit? This I mean, is state senate, you know? These I people spend t- all no, their I don't time... Think so. Yeah, yeah. These people spend all their time fielding people trying to develop a casino and shit. Yeah. It's not exactly house of cards it's
1: like big deal this person does drugs we're not electing them anyway
0: yeah yeah and also even the person we are electing is not to a terribly important office yeah cut back 96 ty walks outside the cabin to find lottie still standing there because she's like i just have a bad feeling about this place (laughs) and ty's like well yeah because it stinks and there are spiders that could eat your face not really selling it. <laughs> but hey, after the bear we saw today, I'm not going to let you sleep here. okay? She's genuinely, like, concerned and protective. This is her in carrot mode. Lottie does not comply immediately, so Ty switches back to good old-fashioned stick mode. But she's like, really? Bad feeling. You're cheating me with that shit. I don't believe in that, and you're not going to either, okay? So get your ass inside. And her riding her hard, as it were. Phrasing. Say the line, Matthew. Seems to have an effect. You are know, inside, cuts to shauna and adam at the hotel they go into that room and fuck that's really all there is to say shauna has officially added adultery to her list of bad things she has done ty in the present and she hears a creepy noise and there's a really creepy and cool three timeline scene where it intercuts between tiny ty walking over to her grandma at the funeral an open casket one which is an interesting choice but i don't know 96 ty walking up to the attic of the cabin Twenty twenty one tie walking up to the attic of her house. Twenty one tie steps on a glass eye, and sees Sammy's crushed doll. Horrifying foreshadowing. Ninety six tie looks up in the attic to see Lottie sitting creepily, saying, "I told you." Tiny tie finds her grandmother's eyes have been replaced with weird-looking golf ball thingies, which. If you are in the non-supernatural train, you could think that that would be further evidence for her for forming her disturbing psychotic delusion, because apparently replacing people's eyes with those weird golf ball thingies is standard practice.
1: And what religion?
0: In in, I don't think it's a religious thing. I think it's to do with like corpse embalming process. You know, like how, how when they taxidermy animals, they replace the eyes, glass eyes. I think it's kind of like that. Anyway, 96 tie finds dead cabin guy who was the owner of the cabin who was a creepy old corpse sitting in a chair. And that would have been a really good place to end the ep, but no, it does not end there. It kind of feels like this episode has two endings, which I think is one of the flaws of this episode. Nat and Misty enter a barn. To find, sad music starts playing. They've driven out to Travis's place of work, and Misty tries to prevent Nat from seeing. Nat looks up and sees something truly horrible. There's some great facial acting from Julu. (laughs) Uh, Travis has hung himself from a crane. Or
1: oh, did he hang himself?
0: Seemingly, yeah. Or did he? R.I.P. Travis will not be getting any scenes of modern-day Travis interacting with the other survivors. Well, we will, just ones that are set prior to this point. Yeah, uh, no more T-Raven present. Sad. R.I.P. Man. Uh, and then Misty's like the police are on their way. Why? It's an interesting quote. You when you watch the episode, you kind of accept it, but like.
1: Yeah, like, someone who just hung themselves. Indeed. Like, you know, what, did he get on the phone as he was literally... Yeah, exceeding? and, like, like, who...
0: And it's the night. Like, was he supposed to be somewhere? he didn't show up to? I kind of doubt it. How did the police know to turn up at that exact time? Mm, I mean, like, yeah. Couldn't have anything to do with Misty herself, I wonder. At I mean, end- like, she only just saw it, like, 30
1: seconds before the sirens are in the distance. Oh, like, did she? Oh, well, fuck.
0: Anyway, well, are not later. In a later episode, Vienna by Ultravox plays good song as they're driving away. Nat contends that Travis didn't kill himself, and Misty shows her a piece of writing that she got from Travis's house that she as yet hasn't shown to Nat that says, tell Nat she was right. Nat does not know what she was right about, but she does know one thing, that Travis was murdered. And it pans away as the song Vienna soars the bit that goes... The feeling is gone, only you and I, it means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna. As it pans over his dead body. So yeah, good ending to an episode. As I said, kind of feels like it has two endings, but they're two good endings. And uh, yeah, we have another death. R.I.P. Travis. Sorry, man, pour one out. Uh, still, he may. he had an extra, like, quarter of a century of life than he otherwise might have so hey swings and roundabouts yeah so uh and going through that episode yeah i have to say it's pretty good A uh, good solid episode not like my absolute favorite but definitely one i enjoyed matthew do you have any other thoughts no <laughs> <laughs> do you want to see a magic trick no <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, uh anyway listeners uh it has been great talking to you Uh, (laughs) It's a bizarre way to phrase that Anyway
1: Perhaps a thought could be that The ambiguity is good
0: Ambiguity is often good
1: Don't over everything, guys
0: Uh, And that is it For another episode of Out of the Woods Be well And remember We're not out of the woods yet